good, all that is sacred, and in the warm and loving energy of this community, Spiritual Life Center. If you're joining us for the first time, we especially want to welcome you because we know that you are not here by accident. You're here by divine appointment. Thank you for joining us on your unique path today, and we hope you enjoy this special message from this past Sunday's service. The other day, somebody asked me, what's the talk going to be? And I said, well, what do you really want? And they said, good topic. I want yogurt. I want yogurt. <laughs> and we laugh, but honestly, when it comes up as a serious question, we tend to quail. It's like it's not okay to voice what we really want. And it's actually more than that, because we mostly don't let ourselves think very deeply about what we want or think about what we deeply want. And those origins are many. One of them comes from childhood. You know, kids are often asked, what, you know, what do you want to be when you grow up? And we never ask them who you want to be. We always ask, what, you, what do you want to be? And then the child, no matter how you know, little kids, they will honestly tell you what they want to be. And the reaction is often one of amusement. Oh, isn't that cute? Yeah, right? Or, you know, he wants to be a firefighter or a nurse or a plumber or she. And the answer is really rather rarely taken seriously. And a lot of times the child is either teased or blown off. Well, you'll change your mind. The message that we are too, uh, the message is that we're too young to know our path. And in many ways that might be true. But the vision of the moment calls for respect. And usually kids don't get that respect. And so, we're not allowed to, to foster our fantasies. So we start to put our dreams away, little by little. And then, of course, we get to be our teens, and then it gets to be a little bit more of a serious you know, conversation. You're ready to start going out into the world to say, what do you want to do with your life? I don't know if anybody of you ever heard that, but it was never like, what do you want to do with your life? It's, what do you want to do with your life? It's like, well, yeah. And even then, the answer is often not okay or good enough or perhaps unrealistic. Parents and teachers and friends and relatives and even complete strangers feel like they need to chime in on what we're supposed to be doing with ourselves. And I actually had a relative tell me recently, and I don't talk to many of my relatives very often, and he was informing me that a segment of our family is going backwards. Okay. <laughs> so there, there, are three, there are three people, there are like 
late, late, late teens, early 20s. And two of the gentlemen, the young men, have opted out of going to college altogether. And the girl, she only went to college for, for soccer. She only went for sports. And now she wants to be a flight attendant. And he was bemoaning the fact that these guys, these, these boys are just going to work on cars and cars are going to go away, you know, uh, 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 internal combustion engines are going to go away someday. And, and it was like, I, you know, I'm thinking they're going to be fine. But then I thought about it a little bit more and I, call, I, you know, I, I texted back to him and I said, I think the reality is, is that you and I are the overachievers and the rest of those people are just fine. <laughs> You know, parents, parents often, I'm not a parent, but I know that parents want a better, you know, often want a better life for their children than, than, than what they had. And when I look at the, that generation, which is three out from my mother, I can tell you that it's way better than what my mother grew up with. So again, they're doing fine. They didn't choose to strive for bigger things out in the world. And that's their choice. And then, of course, even then when we made our choices and we got out into the world, we run into all the supposed to's. Get a job, get married, have kids, don't have kids, don't buy a house, be somebody. <sighs> At every turn, there's another supposed to. I call them supposed to's. And so is it any wonder that we don't allow ourselves to really consider what we truly deeply want? The chatter is just constant. But then... Then one day we read a self-help book, or we go to a seminar, or we stop by SLC. And the question comes up, what do you really want? Now, all of a sudden, this is actually a serious question. And the person asking it is genuinely interested in helping you discover your inner want. And we're all like, uh, yogurt? And they said, well, no, that's not what we're talking about. And it's like, oh, okay, let me look into that. And then we sort of slowly back out of the room. And then you start to study. And then you discover that if you're on the spiritual path, you're supposed to overcome all desire and wanting. Desire and wanting are bad. Wait, you should, what? You just asked me what I truly want. And then it gets even more complicated because in, you go to a manifesting class and they tell you to keep that vision very specific and yet leave it open so that you don't limit yourself. <laughs> okay, yogurt or M&M's. Uh, okay, M&M's. Wow. Now, so is it any wonder that we get confused? Right. right. Okay. So let's, we're going to untangle this now that I had fun with that. First, wanting or, or the wanting or desire is not necessarily bad. I mean, we want what we need. We want food. We want shelter. We want air. I mean, we want those things. And we want to feel safe. There are also needs. It's when desire becomes craving, becomes clinging. That's when wanting wins. Continually wishing things could be different or being attached to what you think you want that's when we get distracted. The reality is, is that we have, that we all have a true inner desire of what, what or who we want to be. And even when our wants or desires are filled by what can be had in the outer world, you know what, there's still that subtle hole in our heart. 
I'm going to go buy another book. That, of course, wouldn't be me, but I'm going to go buy another book. It's like, what hole are you trying to fill? I had a friend who um, just can't stop saving animals. And even when she lived here and she was, she, she had like no cash flow. And yet she'd call me up and say that she had brought in another animal. And most of her other friends just beat her up for it. And I'd go, okay. And one day she asked me about that. And I said, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't judge you for that. You know, you're doing what you're doing. And she questioned me a little bit more. And I said, I just wonder what hole you're trying to fill. Because there is that, that inner part of us. And so when we don't know what that true inner desire is, we do. We just go out and get more stuff and more stuff trying to fill up that hole. So how do you figure out what that need is? What is your inner desire? And you might be surprised when I tell you that ultimately we all have the very same thing, the very same desire. And when we realize what that desire is, that's when our good will come to us. Now, you'll often hear me talk about the hero's journey up here, and that's because that's what we are all on. We are all on our own hero journey. The reluctant person who goes out on a quest and saves the world. Now, usually in the movies and some books, the hero saves the entire world all by themselves, and they, just, they succeed despite all those around him. But that's not always the case. If you're familiar at all with The Lord of the Rings, it's a good example because Frodo has a lot of help. The hero's journey is incredibly popular, and I suggest that's because we identify with the hero and we all secretly want to be the chosen one. Of course, we don't necessarily want to go through all that work, <laughs> but we do want to be chosen. You know, I was driving in one day and I was listening to a, there was a bluegrass station and it said, everybody wants to go to heaven, but nobody wants to die. <laughs> everybody wants to cho be chosen, but we don't necessarily want to do the work. Now, and the thing is, I don't mean that all of us are on some massive ego trip and, and want to be the most important person in the world. That's not what being chosen really is. It's about our need to be seen and heard and understood. You know, each life is a story. And in your personal life, you are the chosen one. You are the hero of your story. But we're not taught this. We're taught that thinking of ourselves as special is an ego trip. And we're supposed to be humble and know our place in the world. And here's the interesting thing. Being the chosen one doesn't necessarily mean that you are better or smarter than everyone else. Because some of our best stories are about a flawed hero who only has one trait, like courage or steadfastness, but is otherwise barely functional in the world. And it's those people, the people around that person who wield the swords and do all the dirty work. But it is that trait of that one person that brings victory. If you think about it, in Lord of the Rings, Frodo is mostly confused, mostly, most of the time, and what he's doing is he's fighting to keep that ring taking him over but he is also the only one who can do that, wear that ring around his neck and stay himself. And all the rest do everything else for him while he carries that particular burden. Most people admit that at some point in their life, there was a moment or two where it felt like they were destined for something big and that in some way they were special. 
You know, as a kid, you're just kind of fantasizing, and you might see yourself. And the thing, in, in, in some very special high calling, and even as adults, that glimpse will come. That is the glimpse of the chosen. We want to be chosen because that means we are seen. It means we're heard. We belong. We matter. And we all want that. We all need to be heard and seen and belong in one way or another. Mattering is very important. See, that one trait that the hero has may seem very small or very odd, but the key here is that they have something that no one else has, at least not in the same way. They have the one ingredient need, needed to make everything work. And for that world, for, for, for that particular world, and in, in, that, in the case of Lord of the Rings, it was Frodo being able to resist that ring. That's us. Every one of us. We are the most important person in our lives because without us, we don't have our story. It's someone else's story. We are essential to our plot line. Now, I am the chosen for the story of Deborah. And Patty is the chosen for one for the life of, of Patty. And I could do, no more do Patty's story than she could do my story. For Patty's story, you need to be able to go out and shop like crazy. <laughs> for the stuff here. For, for the hub. From my story, you, you need someone who can make really bizarre connections that other people miss. Because that's kind of what I do. Do we save the entire world from burning? Well, in a sense we do, because each world depends on the central character, you. Everybody has their own world. Without you, your world on Earth doesn't exist. So what do you really want? What do any of us really want? We want to remember and know who we are. And that's the reason we come to Spiritual Life Center, to love, serve, and remember. Now, I always think that remember should come first because it's only when we really know who we are that we can truly love and serve from our inner selves. But of course, that's not as poetic, so we have it in the other order. But that niggling feeling in your heart, the thing that you feel when you have that moment of knowing that you are special or should be special, that is your true inner self calling out, asking to be seen, to be heard, to matter, to activate. Now, of course, the story of Jesus is one of the most famous hero journeys. He heard and he recognized his inner potential and he awakened to it. And we don't call Jesus the chosen one, at least not in so many words. We give him the title of Christ before his having attained that level of consciousness. And he told us in John 14, most certainly I tell you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will also do. And he will do greater works than these because I am going to the Father. He meant that when you believe in the spiritual part of you, you can do great works just as he did. That spiritual part of you is the chosen, the Christ potential that comes installed by default in every human being. 
all our wanting is that potential saying, here I am, let's work together to make our lives better. Let's work together to save and improve our world, our little world. We have so much pressure and distraction from the outer world that the soft niggling is often just drowned out. Yet there is a part of us that wants to acknowledge our spiritual selves, our chosenness. We have been taught to conform to the outer world, and thinking of yourself as a chosen one is considered to be a huge ego trip and possibly delusional. And of course, both of those could be true. But you can learn to approach yourself properly through meditation and study and conversations with others of like mind. And when you do that, the need to either match yourself to the outside world or match the outer world to your specifications dissolves. You don't need that anymore. And when that need dissolves, you are in touch with your inner true self, your chosen self, your Christ consciousness. And you discover the person you really are. We may say that we want this or that in life, but until we fulfill our deepest want, that of accepting that Christ, our Christ potential, our chosenness, our wants are really superficial. Jesus said that we can do the works that he did and more. And he also said, do not let your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. Believe in your Christ potential. Believe in yourself. Listen to your most inner wanting and see what it tells you. And I'm pretty sure it won't say yogurt. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it will say, I see you, I hear you, you matter, I choose you. Let's join forces and walk this journey together and save this little world, our little world. That's what I want. And so it is. We are grateful for the opportunity to share with you today and hope you've taken something from this Sunday's message. If you'd like to hear more from Spiritual Life Center, be sure to click subscribe on the podcast platform you're listening from. You can find out more about our community on our website at www.slcworld.org. We look forward to being a part of your continued spiritual journey. Wherever you are, God is, and all is well. Spiritual Life Center Transform